right, that means it's Friday. It also means it's time for us to talk to Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. I feel like we've talked about this story every day this week, but we need to because something changes every day, and this is the whole carbon tax story. Yeah, it was only last week that the uh, federal government, Justin Trudeau, executed, and I use that word with a double meaning, a massive flip-flop on carbon taxation. They had been a hold-the-line government. You know, we need carbon taxes uh, to provide the right signals for people to switch to less uh, polluting forms of energy. And they announced that they're going to exempt the dirtiest home heating fuel, oil, for three years. And they do it as a shameless boat pandering exercise with Atlantic Canada, but created an enormous problem right across the country because uh, why not give it to everyone? Why just make it home heating oil, which is the dirtiest fuel? And why target to uh, eastern provinces where you're in political trouble? Why not do everybody? And what we've seen since then, Simi, is the worst fears of people who said it was important to hold the line on carbon tax when you offer relief from it. Exactly. And yep. depart from your ideological position on it, you get a whole bunch of calls to do the same. This has created a huge political problem for the BCNDP government because as of this morning, uh, David Eby is the last new Democrat leader in Canada to refuse to match the federal relief on home heating oil. Uh, How bad was Justin Trudeau's flip-flop? Well, yesterday afternoon, it drove the federal NDP into the arms of the federal conservatives. I couldn't believe that when I saw it. I thought, (laughs) what? That's how bad a flip-flop it was. You know, that's why, Simi, uh, it's very hard to find a federal liberal MP in British Columbia, never mind get them to comment on this. Some of them are, I think, thinking of checking into witness protection. So, uh, but it's the problem is for David Eby, because, of course, with the federal NDP joining the Conservatives on this issue, the Conservative call for home heating oil relief all home heating fuel relief, so natural gas, which is cleaner and propane, coast to coast. The only fair way to do this is to give everybody that, and the federal NDP got it, and they've joined. I see, Simi, that the premier of Manitoba, new new Democrat, uh, NDP leader in Saskatchewan, NDP leader, former premier, Rachel Notley in Alberta, are all of the same voice on this. Um, well, David Eby hasn't blinked yet, but I, the political pressure on the BC NDP government on this is going to be enormous because, as I said, uh, David Eby is the last absolutist on this issue, uh, NDP leader in the country. I'm curious about this because, I mean, home heating oil is not used widely here in BC. So if they wanted to jump in, they could just say, fine, we'll match it on home heating oil because it doesn't affect very many people. But I guess the problem with that is the yeah. far more people with, with natural gas heating their homes would say, hey, what about us? Yeah, I mean, you're stepping onto a slippery slope. And look, if you buy the ideological argument on carbon taxation and it's understandable, you provide signals and taxes to encourage people to go to cleaner options, Simi, it is utterly perverse to lift the tax on the dirtiest home heating fuel and continue to tax the cleaner alternative like natural gas. So 
you know, I, I, EB can't just do the home heating oil thing here. He's, he's, if he's going to do it, he's got to do all home heating fuel. And he doesn't want to do that because I'm sure all of his advisors are saying what advocates of carbon taxation have been saying since Trudeau did his flip-flop is this is absolutely wrong strategy. If you start offering piecemeal relief from the tax, all you do is create an appetite for more. Uh, And that's what's happened. And so Justin Trudeau can started the problem, but, you know, what you saw yesterday, the federal NDP, which is propping up Justin Trudeau, went, nah, we're not going with you on this one. We're voting with the conservatives on this. And the challenge is there for David Eby. I see he has a press conference at a news conference at 7.45 today. I don't know if he'll be taking question, questions. I expect if he does, he'll hear a question about this. All right, we're back with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. And Vaughn, I see that the latest report from Elections BC is out about fundraising. Yes, Simeon, just before we start that, I'm looking here at the press release, the news advisory for that appearance by the Premier yep. at 7.45 a.m. today. <laughs> this is convenient timing. Uh, the Premier will be joined by Stephen Gilbeau, the Federal Minister for Carbon Taxation, Environment Minister, who has had the unpalatable job for the last week of defending Ottawa's flip-flop on home heating oil. So I uh, want to bet that he and the Premier don't want to take questions this morning. <laughs> Just looking at that yeah. one and thinking, wow, this thing is really... Oh, you know, in the announcement yesterday, the federal NDP announcement that they're going to join the Conservatives in voting for relief from carbon taxation for home heating fuel. Mm-hmm. It was made by a BCNP, Oof. Peter Julian. Way to rub it in. Yeah. So this, uh, this is fascinating. And uh, anyway, sorry to interrupt the storyline no, no. this morning, but this is really fascinating. Good points. It is yeah. fascinating because that, especially when you point that yeah. out too, you wonder why would they do that? Why would they slap their BCNDP counterparts in the face like that? Yeah. No, I, I think what they're trying to do, maybe they're just trying to send them a friendly message like, hey, folks, uh, you might want to revisit your stand on this one. The public maybe. has moved elsewhere on this. They, BC and New Democrats have not had a lot of huge political problems during their time in office. They've done well. There was the big flap over the Provincial Museum make, makeover, and they flip-flopped on that very quickly. They backed yep. off. So, you know, maybe your federal party's trying to send you a message on this one. I, I would put that as not so much a slap in the face as a nudge in the elbows. In the, in the <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about that fundraising issue, too, because this is interesting. Yeah. So the fundraising numbers come in every quarter from Elections BC. They keep track of it. And the latest numbers show uh, the party formerly known as the BC Liberals, BC United is having a tough time raising money. Uh, BC United raised about $400,000 in the most recent three months, for which we have numbers. NDP out fundraised them better than two to one. So NDP is approaching $900,000 over the same stretch. Uh, it, it just reinforces what we've been hearing from privately from BC United insiders. The party is having a tough time raising money 
And it needs money, Simi, because it's in the middle of a huge rebranding exercise. They need to let the BC public know that, hey, we're BC United now, uh, you know, and that's why you don't see our name on, uh, on everywhere yet, but it's going to be everywhere by the next election. So this is a struggle. Near as I can determine, Simi, the, the BC United problem is a, is a kind of a catch-22. They're not doing well in the opinion polls, their own supporters are going, I'm not sure we should give you a bunch of money because, you know, you're probably going to lose the next election. So why don't we just hold back our money until the next electoral cycle? That's, yeah, this is sort of a self-reinforcing thing. Uh, but the, you know, the opinion polls are one thing. The real measure, I would say, of how a political party, there can be confusion in the opinion polls, I mean, but the real measure of how a political party is doing is can it raise money? The conservatives aren't raising all that much yet, but their curve is climbing and BC United is just not where it needs to be. Okay, so there's that. And then talking about a past yeah. policy of the former <laughs> BC United, BC Liberals, this is interesting because this is the story also that just keeps on coming around this Little Mountain social housing issue. Yeah, so Little Mountain has been sort of a vacant lot for housing for years. The previous BC Liberal government handed the lands over to a developer, Holborn. Um, on a secret deal, uh, the details weren't released. The company itself fought for years to keep the details from coming out. When they finally came out, we found out why. The developer and the BC Liberals didn't want to talk about the deal because we, the taxpayers, through the government, gave the developer a, an interest-free loan, $200 million to 2026. So there's been some excellent reporting on this one. And it all came out year before last. And David Eby was the housing minister in those days. And he was under enormous pressure, Simi, from his own party to launch a full-blown investigation of this thing, go, go to court and stop the deal, get the land back. He chose not to. He said, we need the housing. He made his own deal. It was public with the developer to get the housing to go ahead. And he thought he had a deal to let it go to head. So what happened at Vancouver City Council this week? Holborn goes to council and seeks another sweetheart deal. They don't want to have to build the social housing first. They want to get on with building the market housing first. Simi, the appropriate answer from Vancouver City Council, the mayor and his party would have been, how dare you? Exactly. Yes. How, how dare, dare you? you? Come <laughs> again to this? record? You know, why don't you start by giving us back our $200 million that you got interest-free? Like, seriously, but that's not what happened, Simi. That's not what no, happened. No, no, no. The council said, yeah, okay, sure, you're great people. We'll give you another sweetheart deal. And they did. I, you know, <laughs> it is no wonder some days that people get mad yes. at private developers and the kind of deals they do. But in this case, their handmaiden was the... BC Liberals a decade and a half ago, and now the ABC Council has compromised itself by giving the developer another sweetheart deal. 
It really is. And it's so frustrating to drive by there. Just And if you live in that neighborhood too, that you just see it just sitting there empty all these yeah. years. Prime land in the midst of two now, two cycles of housing that have gone crazy, right? In 2016 yeah. and in the last few years. Yeah. And still nothing happens. How's that possible? Yeah. No, no, it's incredible. Well, and, 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 you know, it's now well documented, right? I mean, there's been some excellent reporting by my co- uh, post-media colleagues, Dan Fumano, Laurie Culbert, uh, NDP, backbencher David Chudnovsky fought to get this material made public. And, you know, I'll give the premier credit uh, when he was housing minister, David Eby said, I, I don't like the deal. Yes, I could reap political capital by holding it up and, and parading it all through a public inquiry, but we need the housing. So I'm going to swallow my indignation and make a deal with this developer. And he did. And it's still not happening. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's absolutely infuriating. Um, Vaughn, thank you for that. Bye-bye, Simi. That is Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Yeah, there are lots of questions for Ken Sim and his ABC Majority Council about why they would do something like this when this developer has proven time and time again that they keep getting these sweetheart deals and then they don't do anything with this little mountain land. Like, it's crazy.